the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to normal. To normal. Yeah. And I say, you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch if, I mean, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaven. When you're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu, the flu. and you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this right. without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal? Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here. Found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. Particularly, 95% of um, the victims are Falun Gong practitioners to the state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest-ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a illegal sanctions forced organ harvesting business. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Paul Aguilar. Really appreciate you guys stopping in. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, please make sure you all subscribe and hit that notification bell uh, so you don't miss an episode in the future. Uh, as well as hit that thumbs up button and go ahead and share the heck out of it. That really, that'll really help us out as well. Um, if you guys are on the go, you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at Truth Defender Podcast. If you guys want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Defender Podcast, Instagram at Truth Defender Podcast, as well as on Facebook at Truth Defender Podcast. Also, if you have any questions or comments for myself or our guests, uh, guest or topic recommendations, you can email us at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Um, I know we've been kind of missing in action for the last couple of weeks. Um, we kind of had a few issues out here, um, you know, just kind of dealing with work, school, and also moved um, in the process, uh, you know, during all that as well. So now we finally got back into the swing of things. Uh, I'm going to try to kind of ease my way back into it. Um, I was kind of knocking shows out three, four shows a week. Um, and since this is a one-man show, um, it was just all me, you know, booking guests, interviewing guests, editing videos, social media, all that good stuff. So I uh, had to take a little break. But we're back in action. And uh, today we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, without further ado, I present to you guys Russ Dizdar. Mr. Dizdar, how are you doing today, sir? Very good. Appreciate it. Good to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I've been following you for quite some time now. Um, I mean, back to uh, when you were doing that work on the uh, Pennsylvania has a secret.com 
um, all that work that you were oh, doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I catch you on the Hagman Report as well, which is a great show. If everybody that hasn't heard of it, you need to jump on there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you guys keep an interesting group there with, you know, with Doug Hagman, um, Steve Coyle, Ali Marzulli and them, uh, which is some great information that I have soaked up throughout the years. Um, so that's great. Um, so I guess today we're going to go ahead and get started with a little bit of kind of, you know, the, t- the times and the tribulations that we're all going through right now. Um, I don't know if you feel the same, but throughout my time, which isn't that a lot, I'm only 35, but um, I've never felt more, I guess, closer to kind of end times. Do you feel, you know, the same way? I mean, throughout the years, you know, everybody speaks about the end times are near, but now more than ever, I kind of feel like things are kind of really hitting the fan and it's kind of escalating rapidly. Well, I think so. I think, um, and I think we're supposed to feel that if we know what Jesus said concerning the end of days and the times, then I think that when we are seeing them, I mean, deception being number one, and I've, and I've hit this theme for a long time because I've seen a lack in it, Paul. I've seen a lack, even when I was a local pastor 30 years and interacting with the church all over and doing all kinds of things. But going out and doing uh, conferences for the last 10, 10 11 years um, and, and engaging with thousands of believers, uh, the issue of spiritual deceptions out there, the spirit, the issue of spiritual weakness on the side of the body of Christ, not having um, a lot of information about the armor of God, the uh, the authority we have, um, you know, there's so there's on the one side, you know, the, the urgency for me is the um, spiritual weakness of the church. Uh, it should be this way. But then we also have of the signs that Jesus talked about, deception, the nations, uh, you know, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, all that kind of stuff. Then we come down in Luke 21 to pandemics or pestilence. And right after pestilence, which right after this pestilence started, that all of a sudden from the George Floyd thing, uh, it was more than just a a guy that, that died on the streets there. This has a spiritual component to it. And what I saw the way it just took off, uh, it's one thing to deal with, you know, someone who, you know, maybe, maybe has done a major injustice and the law enforcement in the courts and being charged with um, secondary homicide, all of that's going to be taken care of and dealt with. But when we saw the looting, the burning, the killing, 30 people have died in the last six months in the looting, the killing and all that. We've seen enter into this. Antifa, Order of the Nine Angels, the cult system that's there, uh, the temple Satanists that are kind of uh, fake Satanists in a way, uh, they're all entered into this. And the concept of chaos and just random, brutal chaos, uh, I I just see that as the the devil's game in preparation for what's to come. And so right after um, pestilence, Jesus said, terrors which refers to this kind of thing that we're seeing right now. Uh, and it has not slowed down at all. Uh, if you look at uh, Kenosha, if you look at you know some of the other places, you know, I've gone down to my little city a couple of times just to engage and see what's going on. Nothing really big here, but, uh, you know, I've talked to folks about just flying into Portland and going there and maybe, maybe we should go there and take a team and just unleash what we do up there. Um, but there's no question about it to me. The signs are here. Uh, it's very critical time, uh, but it's but it's only a tremor of what's to come. It's only a small thing. As big and as bad as it looks like, 
it's only a small thing in terms of what is to come. Right. Yeah. And that's frightening to a lot of people. I mean, we've, but you know, the country's already gone through so much. Like you mentioned, a lot of people have been dying over the past few months as well. Um, I mean, this whole thing with the virus, which was unleashed on all of us uh, on purpose, I believe, um, you know, just, I mean, obviously we're in an, an election year, right? So, I mean, we saw this back in 2016, especially like when Obama was there, H1N1. So there's always, it feels like there's always something happening every four years, right before the elections. Um, but I mean, it's had ex- extreme consequences, like far reaching consequences to, you know, everybody around the country, everybody around the world. You know, a lot of people are losing their jobs or they had lost their jobs, lost their businesses. A lot of people were dying, like older folks as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I, I don't really remember too much prior to, let's say, like George Bush back in, you know, like when 9-11 happened. I never really, you know, paid attention to like, like the news or anything like that prior to then. Uh, but obviously when 9-11 happened, you know, our entire world changed. Um, and this feels like another one of those times, right? Because after this is done, if we ever go back to any kind of semblance of normalcy, you know, that we had before, um, our world's going to be completely different. Yeah, it's just like that. I, I think it's going to be that way. And I, I told somebody the other day, Steve Quell, um, this is probably, and I, I know Steve Quell behind the scenes pretty well. And he told me back a year, almost a year ago, I think it was November a year ago, he said, you know, because all the conferences we were planning, we had another, I think we had another 12 conferences coming up. And of course, the one in Branson would be about 3,000 people. It's going to be huge. So he says, Russ, I don't know if we're going to make it. Right. He says, what he's been shown, what he believes he says, I don't think we're going to make it to the to the conference in July. I think events are going to occur that are going to change everything. And here's what he told me pointedly. We're going to have such alterations that will never be the same. He said, what's going to happen in the next you know, six months, eight months, things are going to happen. He didn't name it. He didn't name terrorism. He didn't name you know riots. He didn't name even pestilence issues. He just said that he knows the Lord has shown him that events are going to occur that are going to change everything and change them permanently. We'll never go back to being the same. Well, you know, on the one hand, as much as we've looked at satanic ritual abuse in the underworld of that, you know, what we know about that, the um, Pennsylvania has a secret that's ongoing. That's not stopped at all yet. It just, we're digging into more and that, you know, if, if it comes out into the public with the attorney general and all that, that's what, it, you know, our intent is. But, uh, and, and we've been kind of, we've been really slow. I haven't taken a team back into Pennsylvania in six months right. and they're just waiting to get in there. I've been up to, um, see Mr. Hagman. Um, and, and, uh, all I can say about that is, is there's a lot of help from around us right now that are helping us. Some of which we're not going to tell who's there, but Paul, I've seen, um, I've seen so many ugly things for years and years dealt with hundreds and hundreds of victims of all kinds. That's an outrage in itself, but seeing the the levels of rituals, the levels of practitioners, it just, you just know over the years it's all building up. It's building up. It's like a tea kettle that's beginning to boil. Pretty soon it's going to start, you know, just squealing like crazy. So I believe we're in the times of sorrows, like Jesus talked about. It's called in the biblical Greek odin, meaning um, very uh, traumatic, painful, like travail. But it has the idea that it will produce something. It's not just that it's trouble and travail like normal. It's sequential. It, it kind of builds and builds and builds. And 
this trauma that we're seeing in the world right now, it has a goal behind it because it's being orchestrated. And not just the deep state, but go down a little bit lower, deeper than the deep state, that real system of Luciferians. I'm talking about the, the, the real eyes wide shut people. There's where the orchestration is. There's a global um, connection of the decades of rituals, chaos rituals, all that stuff's been done for years and years and years. Obviously, it's going to catch up sooner or later. As dark side presence continues to manifest and operate, that agenda is being pushed from a spiritual um, source and that has physical reality. I think we're simply seeing the physical realities of what the plot has been, what the powers they've been releasing and targeting. So they're bringing pestilence. They're bringing terrors. They've got other things to come. And uh, I I agree with Steve on this one. I don't think we're going to go back to normal. I think it's going to escalate. And uh, who knows how much time. Yeah, it's definitely feels like we're kind of speeding up towards something. I mean, who knows what? Hopefully it's, I mean, it's only going to get worse, I believe. And I'm, I don't like to think that way, but I mean, it just feels like we're kind of on a crash course for something bigger, um, you know, God help us. But um, yeah, I mean, you just, all kinds of things are, you know, coming out right now. I mean, you had that incident now where, not incident, where they actually recovered some missing children in Georgia um, as well. There was about 39 of them. Um, I mean, obviously you don't hear any of that on the news, which is mind boggling, but um, yeah, I mean, I didn't also, you know, when we started, I didn't want to skip over. Um, I wanted to let everybody, for you to let everybody know actually about your show uh, where they can find your books as well, um, where they can find you on social media. Um, And then after that, if you can kind of go in and give us a little taste of what the, Pennsylvania has a secret.com is all about. Sure. Sure. My backdrop to all this, I mean, I don't, I know Paul, you probably don't know me well or anything, but um, you know, I grew up no church, nothing like that. Nothing about God in our family. And uh, other than his name being used in vain and fights, (laughs) you know, all things we did. Then as a teenager, just getting drunk and high and then, then plunging into that world of, uh, of, of, of drugs and bar fighting and crazy stuff and crime and I wanted to find something. So I got into occultism, got into all kinds of stuff. I wanted to straighten my life out. So I got into Buddhism. I thought Buddhism would help me. I thought Buddha would be a really cool, uh, peaceful kind of guy that would help me out. Through martial arts, I got into all that. And, and, I, and I thought I'd never found Buddha. And it was in that middle of everything is when um, in a major crisis, in stuff that was going on around us, friends of mine have died because of drug overdoses. Uh, and we were doing these weirdest things with drugs, with uh, astral projection and trying to meet the ascended masters, all these practices at a Buddhist temple that we were being trained to do. And uh, in, the, in the middle of all that, someone came and unleashed the gospel like I've never heard in my life. I mean, they shared Jesus so powerfully with me. I ran from them that night and ended up four o'clock in the morning getting saved. And once that occurred, once Jesus came in, you know, all the drugs left, all that world left, everything left, even I think the dark presence around me. I, I, I don't know. When I repented, I repented of every single thing I could think of. And then we launched, you know, I wanted to be in ministry and off into schools and Bible schools and training and youth ministries and all that. So we're in the youth ministries in the 1970s, and we're beginning to engage more and more young people into Satanism, too. Um 
I got involved with Youth for Christ at the time, or you know, and, and we just began to evangelistically target young people that were that were doing drugs, that were doing uh, the, anywhere we could think that they were doing Satanism, any kids that we thought that was into it. So we formed a group called Shatter the Darkness. Uh, it was just an evangelistic group that would target Satanist kids and and go after them to reach them and that turned into engaging adults that were behind it ritual books ritual sites them coming after us um, dead animals and um, all kinds of things until we began to engage what we call satanic chosen ones or satanic ritual abuse satanic ritualistic abuse uh, at that time in the early 80s, nobody really knew about it. So we were, I was going crazy to learn anything I could from it, read every book, go everywhere. And we also prayed, God, send us these victims, send us victims. Well, you know, it seems like nobody wants to deal with them. Of the churches in Akron where I was, I, I would say 50 churches or more sent us people that were demonized or had other voices in their head. And I was always questioning them, why don't they deal with this? Right. It's a biblical thing. It's Jesus did this. But we began to deal with satanic ritual abuse, and that follows when we got into engaging the underground. Uh, finding out these individuals had been bred and born in an underground satanic system, that they were uh, demonized in the womb, and since that time they were split and sub-personalities and, and, and mind mind controlling what we call programming demonization but they were being trained also so that's what happened we began to work with them left and right all through the 80s all through the 90s the difficulty was hundreds of them thousands of them then by the uh, early 90s we realized over 2.5 million at least from centennial hospital um a ritualist uh, like a ritualistic uh, ward that they took victims into and they um we began to hear that they were estimating two point some million in the United States alone. So our my thing was, here's the victims, we want to help them, but who's doing this to them? Right. So I formed a team because we heard stories, bizarre stories of rituals and blood rituals and animals and, and the symbolism that we are shown. People, you know, victims came in and they began to draw all the stuff. Then we had them begin to take us to the locations. Then we formed a group called, we call it now the SIIU, uh, the core team. And we took that core team all the way back in the 80s. And we began to track because we wanted to verify, is, is this true? Can we find this out? Uh, can we go after it? And that's what we have done for a number of decades now. I think over 30 years, the investigative side of it is broader than ever now. And I, we went to Scotland and Germany and France and Poland. And, you know, we, we've been up other places to um, hunt this down. So when I look at scripture and see how it speaks of what, what's happening and going to happen, all, all prophecy has boots on the ground. Right. Uh, like when John the Baptist is predicted he's going to come. Well, he was born and then he became the forerunner for Jesus. Um, the prophecy of Judas betraying Jesus. So all prophecy has that boots on the ground. In the scriptures, we find out that the Antichrist has troops. Uh, we find out about the ultimate thing, the Armageddon. So when you begin to back that up, and where is it going to come from? And once we begin to engage it, once again, whether it's Bohemian Grove, Eyes Wide Shut stuff, underground rituals, bones and symbols and people and threats and 
people coming after us and coming to our homes, then we begin to see how broad this was because they're not used to anybody coming after them. Right. We believe that based on Ezekiel chapter eight, God willed, he, God wanted uh, in that day, Ezekiel eight, God willed to have that entire under, underground, you know, satanic system then to be um, exposed. He willed for it to be exposed and then brought out in scripture to, sh- to see uh, what was being done in the underworld. What we see in Ezekiel chapter eight is now what we see on a global scale of um, we now, I would now estimate 100 million victims of satanic ritual abuse, five generations, starting with the oldest ones all the way down to the five-year-olds. And they're in every single nation that we have engaged. They're in every single city in the United States, every single state. And we find out it's all by design. So what we read about in scripture concerning the dark side, and God gives us a heads up, you know, like the prophecies of Revelation 6, white horse, red horse, black horse. We can remember the horse things and talk about the four horsemen. That's not the important thing. The content of Antichrist, a coming massive chaos and collapse and ultimately a rise of a new world uh, order that most people will talk about that, but they don't talk about the details of how they're going to collapse everything. So once we got into that and we ran into the issues in Pennsylvania, we were engaging satanic ritual abuse and victims in in Pennsylvania for 25 years before we ever got into the one area with the Amish sex cult that we engaged down there, Mm. hundreds of victims, um, atrocities in my mind. Uh, when, When you sit in front of victims long enough and you hear those stories, and you see their lives affected for, you know, you see 37-year-old women, 47-year-old women, that their lives have been altered because of all this abuse. And we know that Jesus can bring them healing and help. But we also know, we, I've never met a perpetrator, satanic perpetrator or pedophile. We've never found one that just quit on their own. They don't stop. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmers and others like that, they don't stop. They continue to do what they do until somebody engages them. So that's part of what we want to do now is really engage. I've written the book, The Black Awakening, Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier uh, and the Coming Chaos. That's all about that subject matter, satanic ritual abuse, the the old Nazi, where it comes from is the Nazi um, uh, master race issue. The goal of having Himmler's goal was to have 200 million of these super soldiers so we've written on that. We're writing a sequel to that. We've written another book, a training book called Expelling Darkness, Engaging Demons in People and Areas and Charged Objects and Locations. And all of that speaks to what's happening in Portland and Seattle and, and, and Minnesota and, and Wisconsin. Today, I'm reading the article, the three top leaders in BLM, they... They summon, they, this is their own words, they summon ancient ancestral spirits. They're summoning the dead. Uh, uh, they're drawing the powers to fuel a movement. It, I, um, I talked about it today on our radio program. We have a radio broadcast, um, mainly satellite worldwide, but we're also, we have now a number of FM AM stations. So it's called the Ragged Edge Radio Broadcast on Monday through Friday. We do that every single day through the week anyway, and those are all up in podcasts and all that. There's hundreds of hours of them now that we've done them over 10 years, and we have training courses. All the training courses that I taught in uh, local Bible school, all those courses, I, 
I re-lectured them in a sense and uploaded them on spiritual warfare, evangelism, exposing Satanism, all those training courses, uh, probably about a thousand hours of teaching training hours that I would do in a local Bible school or wherever. Those are all up now and they're on the main website. The main website where you can get everything, all the information about us, everything at all is shatterthedarkness.net, shatterthedarkness.net. Anybody can go there and get all we, I just want to give out the, as many, as much training. We've watched the training hours in the archives on a global scale going to 170 nations in a 10 year period now. And, and, and I'm not good at tech. I'm not, I'm doing, I'm learning a lot of way. People write and say, Hey, can I redo this website for you? Can I do this? Everybody wants to change everything. Um, but we have put up so many audios of the training teachings and so forth. We um, and I we try to keep up with it and, and and find out. But the last records I looked at, we were at after 11 years, 120 million downloads in 170 countries. Wow. Uh, and here's what's important about it: the teaching segments, not just the radio that I when I do radio and talk, but the teaching courses. And they're all we we decided in the very beginning. I felt the Lord lead, give them away free. Do the coursework, all the audios, and so we pumped them out there. And we have seen God at work all over. And here's the reason why I think not because it's done very well. We try to do the best we can, but because of the need, the, the massive need for believers and they're wanting to understand the day we're in the, the spiritual warfare, the, uh, do we have victory? Do we have authority? Do what can we do? Are we, or, or do we just sit here silent? Yeah. So, um, it's all there and, uh, thank you. And I'll just, uh, Leave it at that, shadowthedarkness.net. Everything's there, and they can uh, find books and materials and training and all that. Sure. Yeah, it's great stuff. I've been all over those websites for a while, um, you know, trying to soak up as much information as we can as well, uh, which is great. If you guys have some time, I def, you know, I highly recommend it. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, so pedophiles and all these people that love to hurt kids, you know, they're coming out a lot lately it seems um i don't know if it's just that you know they're all starting to get caught or it's just there's a lot of people over the internet that have issue with it as well as they should and they're just exposing them um yeah but what's yeah. you know what's kind of what's i mean i don't know how to put it is it's i'm gonna say obviously there's a reason why they're being exposed now but what's kind of been i don't know why all of a sudden now you know, are, are they starting to be outed more frequently? I, I think two things, Paul. I think um, on the, like, if I go back 20 years, even 30 years, when I dealt with satanic virtual abuse and we tried to do little local conferences 20, you know, 30 years ago, there, people were interested, but they were like very skeptical, even in the church, you know, uh, pastors, because it's so hidden and so obscure and so weird to them and how do you deal with a mind-controlled, split personality, demonized person? You know, are these things true? Our our thing that the Lord led us to do was to go after it to verify it. Right. Um, here's what I, it's very important to. One is, in the last 30 years, what we spoke about some 30 years ago, the actual victims have been pouring out, writing their own books, talking about it, coming out. Um, and that's, that's part of it is that there's so many victims that are finding, uh, Jesus deliver them and bring them out of it. Uh, they're coming out of it. And, and so they're telling their story, 
whether that's in Scotland or England. I heard Wilfred Wong, a friend of us in England, he's, he's been 25 years dealing with satanic ritual abuse over there. And uh, so that's one thing, more coming out. But I would also say this. I believe there's thousands of believers, and we push this principle to the, as hard as we can, to pray for the exposure of it. We're commanded to expose radical evil, but if all we heard was light-level sermons to turn away, don't look at this stuff, we're, you can't expose what you don't know. Right. Um, you never participate in it, but to engage it, to look at it, and then expose it. And he, I would even say this, exposure isn't even the, the number one thing. Doing something about it is. Right. Number one, the victims. Number two, the reason I say we have to go after the perpetrators, and I believe that, um, like I was in uh, police chaplain level law enforcement. They let me teach in the police academy on the subject. I left there specifically because it wasn't proactive to me. It wouldn't go after, spend the hours to go after it. And they couldn't deal with the victims at all. So um, our job was to build this team even broader and, and investigate and go. And I mean, going to Germany to, to the Vadelsberg Castle. I wanted to do this. In Ezekiel's day, chapter eight, God showed the exact truth of what was going on. He willed. When God shows and exposes, he shows what's really there. In Ephesians chapter 5, when we're commanded to expose radical evil, that little Greek word to expose demands that we do it definitively, factually, um, and uh, very detailed. Because it's very important, the other side throws out disinformation and misinformation. You got to weed through disinformation, you got to weed through all that. Thank God there's thousands and thousands of digital warriors, thousands and thousands of prayer warriors. Now there's hundreds more. I wish there would be tens of thousands, but hundreds more counselors that can help than go after it. There's a few more people that will do boots on the ground and go into the woods and go to the caves and go to the barns. And, you know, they're, they're going out there now. Right. And I only urge that if there's smoke, if it's really satanic stuff, if it's really the pedophiles out there, then, then one thing, they have real powers. We have to pray for God to cut through those powers uh, in order to bring exposure to them. And not just exposure, but we want them to come down. We want them to stop. Because I want to make a point again, ped pedophiles, just pedophiles, um, in, this, in the world of human trafficking and sexual abuse, these people do not stop. They make money. They have their sadistic stuff. They sell people out. Uh, they're very dangerous. Then the satanic pedophile, being all of the satanic ritual abuse involves sexual exploitation also. And, but they have real satanic powers. And I think, I'm saying they're even, they're even more deadly. Right. But I think because so many victims are coming out, so many people have been praying, more and more people are going after it. Uh, we want everybody to expose. Do it with power, in the power of prayer. Do it with God, asking God to break through. Because every city, I've been telling everybody for some time in our training, in any city in the United States, we can go there, pray it up, and there's certain things we'll look for. We'll find ritual abuse individuals there. If you find a ritualistic abused person, they have a whole network of a coven around them and the perpetrators around them. And once you begin to go after all of that, pray it down. Uh, see, I believe they've been doing this for so long, for decades, they've been just going without anybody interrupting them. They've been unleashing demons and powers, chaos spirits sending 
sending dark presence over. This is back in the early 90s when some of the most powerful SRAs would tell me, Russ, we're meeting, you know, two, three times a month, year after year after year. We're releasing spirits, not just into people or against Christians. We release them in the air over cities to darken, to, to spiritually darken the cities and to bring chaos. So what I think we're seeing right now is a result of years of that kind of uh, spiritual praying, you know, uh, releasing demons. Um, we've got to understand they're real. Just like we know our, our authority and power is real, that we can engage that. We can do something about that. Uh, if we understand our biblical side, our, our, our side as a believer. Uh, but if we don't even understand their side because they like to operate in secrecy, uh, then we don't even know what to hit. We don't know where to aim. And so that's important right now. Scripture shows that it's a secret power of lawlessness. Second Thessalonians 2, uh, chapter 2 that deals with this, that mystery of iniquity. This is the lowest courts right next to Hell's Kitchen. And then from there, uh, they're clearly moving their agenda forward. So we can look at scripture and tell people today, see what's going on today? It's because of the the satanic agenda. And there's there's worse to come. Now let's turn to God. Let's turn to Christ. Let's turn to the answer. Let's get in there and reach as many people as possible. And let's fight them. Let's, Let's do something. Let's disrupt them. Let's pray down their rituals. Let's pray down their ritual sites. Let's let's go after the perpetrators because every one of those pedophiles and every one of those satanic pedophiles, Paul, they, they've done it over and over and over and over and over, and they'll keep doing it over and over and over to kids unless somebody does get in there and engage them. And I believe God wants us to. I, I believe God has uh, uh, moved us to do so, to get in there. And uh, I hope that we'll see uh, I, I think we're on the verge of seeing some of the biggest exposure, some of the worst of that rot gut being pulled up, and, and, and another 10 Jeffrey Epstein's you know, being caught, another 10 or 15 Jerry Saviles from, from Europe, uh, from England being caught, uh, another 10 or 15 like Bohemian Grove. That's just one high place of many around the world, the, the mother of darkness castle in Belgium. Uh, we want to take a team there. Maybe you can go with this. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. I mean, so it's like, I mean, kids, it starts with the kids, right? So it's, they've been taught over the years, they're slowly taking Jesus Christ, like out of the schools. You know, a lot of people have been turning away from God over the years and it's finally caught up, right? I mean, I don't like to engage too much on Twitter, but when I am on there because of the show, you know, I, I get sucked in. I'm there like two or three o'clock in the morning seeing what's going on. And, you know, every time I engage and it's, it's like, Oh, you and your made up spaghetti monster, God in the sky, come smite me, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's just a lot more people today have been taken away from God. They don't believe in it. I, I mean, everybody that I encounter online is the yeah. same. Like you know, oh, you believe in God, you're crazy. You believe in Jesus Christ, you know, you're fake God in the sky. And it's, it's just all yeah. over the place. I mean, now we yeah. see the results of that, but yeah. it's just, it's just like, how do we fight back when so many people have been taken away from God? They don't even believe that, you know, there's, there's a God. Yeah. Well, I agree with you there. You got to Richard Dawkins and the, you know, angry atheists. And what I always engage those kind of angry atheists and really the satanic temple movement that started out of Harvard, some guys out of Harvard, um, they seem to be more like, angry atheists that are just 
wearing satanic garb around them and trying to shock everybody. But the truth is this. Remember when I talk about my life, I was lost. I mocked Christians in high school. Um, one guy, one time I knocked a Bible out of a kid's hand. I was a partier. I was fighting in bars, usually getting beat up because we we're so drunk and doing all those kind of things. And you know what? When one person, I didn't go to church anywhere. A, there was a, a preacher that lived next door to us. He'd try to come over and preach to us and um, engage us. And we'd cuss him out. We put beer cans on his car. There's a lot of things we did was, I mean, radical evil. I mean, that was just it. We were lost. So I always say to the lost, I always say to the angry atheists and others, you know, okay, make, you know, reject God, make fun of God all you want. But what do you have? I like taking people to the logical conclusion, like Francis Schaeffer, the great, you know, biblical apologist, uh, theologian, to take them like, okay, you don't believe in God, then where do we come from? See, the angry atheists, they scream and yell about God and all make fun and all that. But they don't have any answers. Where did we come from? I don't know. Where, why are we here? Well, we're not sure. Just to live. Why, where are we going after this? Well, I don't know. Um, so here's what I can tell you still. Even even Satanists in your face or like skinheads that I've witnessed to. I haven't got to witness to anybody from, T, uh, from Antifa yet. We are aggressively going to pray. And I, I'm looking forward to engaging them in whatever way we have to. But I tell you what I know is going to be the most powerful thing. I still believe that the gospel is like Paul says in the face of all of Rome. Rome had Bacchus, the blood cults, the uh, emperor worship, the mighty army of Rome. It was persecuting Christians left and right. But in Romans 1.16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God into salvation for everyone who believes. So here's what I'm saying. Among the Satanists, among the atheists, among all the hedonists and wild people out there, I'm not ashamed. I call Jesus the hero of humanity. He is the hero of all humanity. I have no shame in talking about someone that came to love us, to show what he did, to look at look what he did, look what he spoke, look, look what he did at the cross. And I also know the power of God is in that. So like me, when I cuss people out, when that guy came and witnessed to me in, in great power of the Spirit of God, all I, I saw, it's like I could see something coming off of him. I was spiritual in a Buddhist temple, in occultism. I knew that it was real. That's all I had. But when this guy came in and unleashed the gospel, it's like pure, just all I could say is it's like this white light that just emanated from his life. And he, he, when he shared that gospel to me and, that, and, and, and what I now know is the power of, of the spirit of God, I was so struck. I'm in my own apartment smoking pot with 40 other people, music so loud rattling the, you know, the walls. And this, this one guy, used to be a drug maker, got radically saved. He comes in filled with the spirit of God and unleashes the gospel on everybody in the house. He shut down the whole party. Um, I hid from him back on the back porch. Then he came back there and witnessed to me and shared. I, I jumped off that porch, got into my $35 car that I bought. And I drove home to my mom and dad's house thinking I got away, Paul. But the spirit of God I didn't know about he'd convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment, that, that, that God would engage me like that. But I laid there in my bed fighting things off, and all the arguments I have were dissolved. And in the middle of the night, in 1975, I just simply bowed my knee, and I just said, Jesus, I believe 
I believe your Savior, your Lord, your God, just like that guy said. I believe you'll forgive me. I believe you'll come into my life. I believe your power will come into my life. I don't care what anybody says any longer. And I renounced it. I went over renouncing everything I was into, all the stuff I was into. And when I asked Jesus to come to my life that night and he came into my life, I knew something happened from the inside out. All of a sudden, I began to be able to talk to God. I didn't know you can, I just started, I was just, I'm sitting there all of a sudden, an hour later, I'm, I'm talking to God. It was like, it was a brand new thing for me. Yeah. And I didn't know where I went to Kmart the next day and bought a Bible. I didn't know where to buy a Bible. I went to Kmart. And bought my, I still have my first Bible over here on the shelf. Um, I bought that 40, over 40 years ago. And I, I just, I went back to my little room down there that had a big room down in the basement, all the demonic posters on the wall, all the stuff, everything I could find, I, I burned and got rid of that I thought was what, what, what maybe the dark side used. I knew Jesus came in my life. I've walked with Jesus now over 45 years, about 45 years now. I know him. I know how real God is. I know what it was like to be on the other side of that as the sinful, obstinate, you know, throw it in your face, you know, prove to me there's a God. But that guy just witnessed to me in the power of the spirit of God and the spirit of God broke through all that stuff. So I'm going to say again, the gospel is so powerful, so awesome. God has saved New Agers and Wiccans and, and occultists and voodoo people, practitioners. God has brought you know people with mind control and programming and demons, and they've been delivered, and Jesus heals them and helps them. So I, I just have seen, I've seen the worst of, I mean, I've seen the dark side to where I'm sick of it. I'm outraged over it. I, I want to influence many, many people to help stand up and go against it. But I want them to do it in the power of God. I want them to do it knowing that the hand of God is with them, that if God before you, nobody's going to be against you. And that gospel is so powerful, so enormous, so great, that maybe there are some people that when they hear it, they're just not going to get sick. Like, like I read about King Herod in the book of Acts and his obstinance. And God brought him down. Hmm. I see the obstinance of uh, Pharaoh. See, I believe this with political leaders too. If they're going to want to kill babies and live that life and, and be obstinate to God, they want God out. I believe I believe the body of Christ should be praying. Repentance for this world. We, we need to say to any of those folks that, you know, we're praying that you'll repent now or that God will remove you and put some somebody that's in is more righteous because uh, it matters. I think we have more in Christ, more power, more to be, more to show than we've, than we, 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 I think we've been dumbed down for, for 30, 40 years in the, in the body of Christ. I don't think the church should be the most explosive, powerful place when we gather together. The, the prayers, we should see answers to prayer right in the sanctuary, like Acts chapter four. So I'm, and all that's available now. All that is here now. Jesus is the same now. Um, so, you know, we've had them come to our houses. They came to steal my daughter once. Uh, one tried to put a bayonet through my head one time. Another tried to stab me in the chest in a federal officer's home. I can go over story after story after story. The spirit of God's there. Hand of God is there. God protected us. God guided us. Uh, the triumph. God will back faithful servants. And uh, he'll make us stronger and bolder. And... The righteous should be as bold as a lion. Let the wicked flee. Let the bad guys flee. Let's hunt them down. And and I told people in Belleville, Pennsylvania, I said, when we see some of these guys go to prison, go to jail, because they're terrified of it now. We've gotten so close to a number of them. 
We, we've gone to district attorneys. We've gone to troopers. We're going to feds. When some of these guys go to jail, I'll have no problem going to jail to visit them and preach the gospel to them. But they need to stop. They need to be stopped. And they can hear the gospel in jail. Uh, but we, there's a lot of, look how many human trafficking kids there are. And how many, if you're engaged even one of the human trafficking pimps face to face, arrogant, it's all about making money. It's all about using boys and girls and making money. It's all about sick people like Epstein and Jerry Savile and Jerry Sandusky in Pennsylvania and the rest of them. And uh, I just pray that thousands of believers, uh, literally in the United States alone, millions of believers could be raised up. If they become the powerhouse God intended them, then I, I think I think a lot of people will get saved. A lot of the power of God will be demonstrated. Um, and a lot of a lot of the bad guys that have been going free for a long time uh, can be brought down. Amen. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess I would say I had a similar story, I guess, growing up. Um, you know, I lost my mom when I was 11, kind of wandered aimlessly through life up until about 21 years old. Um, decided to join the military, maybe to see if I can get out and make something of myself. Um, and it wasn't until I got out of the military in about 2013 that, that I kind of started getting my life back on track. You know, I got married, had a kid, um, really started living for them and not just myself. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing just the belief in Jesus Christ and, you know, what can be accomplished, um, through that belief. Um, you know, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but we're, you know, every day we struggle to get a little bit better. Um, and, you know, we just... And there's nothing else we can do but just continue that fight, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, you speak of like child trafficking and things like that. I mean, I grew up in West Texas. I'm from El Paso originally. Um, so right on the border, um, you know, you see a lot of people like making the cartels coming back and forth, drugs, kids, prostitution, you know, things like that. And it's yeah. back in those days, it was kind of scary. I mean, I grew up literally on the border. You walk out my front door to my house and see into Mexico, like over the fence, right? It's right oh, there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we were like front and center for all that kind of thing. And it's, yeah. you know, you go to school with all these kids that, that belong to like drug traffickers and like, like their family members, like, you know, like their kids would go to our school and, you know, so they drive over into the U S and go to school here. And then they would drive back into Mexico afterwards um, and you know all these kids with money and like expensive cars and you know you, like you know where that all that comes from <laughs> yeah and it's it's definitely a business I mean it's I'm just glad that you know more and more people hopefully are kind of waking up to it I mean you still get a lot of people online that like oh you must be one of those people that believe that like all these kids are going missing and it's like come on man like all this all these like things that you see in the news and all this evidence and you just still refuse to believe it. It's, it's like, Oh, you must be one of those cute people. That's like, come on. Man. You know, even if you yeah. weren't, you know, it's like, these are just yeah. facts that are going on. Like, how do you turn a blind eye to that? Well, that's what I tell. Like when I was on coast to coast one time and I was asked, George Norrie was very kind. He let me do any, he let me speak any way I wanted to and preach. He let me preach the gospel. Um, he let me do everything there. He was very, he's very uh, understanding because that's not, a program normally where you're going to hear Jesus being preached, but he was all about satanic ritual abuse. And a guy called at the very end and, and one of the questioners, you know, called in and said, well, isn't, wasn't that all debunked? You know, why do you believe that there's all these victims? You know, why, why do you believe it's real? I said, and, and, and 
when I said this, George, George Nori agreed. And, and, you know, he's a nice, I mean, he, all I can say is he, he, he's into what he's into. He's not a believer in Jesus yet. I, I feel like I got to witness to him too. But I said, let's ask the victims. You know, even if you go to the secular world, you're going to find them giving, you know, now they're up to 10 million victims in the United States. So deal with, deal with 10 victims. I've dealt with hundreds of them. Deal with hundreds of satanic, richly abused people um, of all kinds of ages, eight-year-olds that have personalities and demons. Uh, deal with them for all these years in all these states. Uh, engage and meet them in Scotland, in Germany, and other places, and tell me that it's not real. I said, the victims alone are the number one evidence. And then you can't have a victim. Well, I, I give this story to you, George and others. I don't know if anyone realizes that, the, and everybody knows the story of Jeffrey Dahmer. He lived 20 minutes away from where I am right now. He lived in my city where I was born and raised. He was doing those things when I lived in that city. And nobody knew that there. When he took off for Wisconsin and lived there, he should have gotten caught a lot sooner, but when he finally got caught, he, he rightly had to pay for the crimes and go away. But I saw at Def Tech SWAT team training, law enforcement people brought in these big, huge books, Paul, and they had pictures of the inside of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. He had a power cone, a, like a triangle shape of skulls um, made out of human skulls. And, and, they didn't know what it was. They just thought it was a trophy. They made it as a trophy. No, it's a power cone to where they're going to conjure demonic presence and bring and contain in that power cone. Uh, that And when law enforcement is not trained on the symbols and the signs, like if you weren't trained on gang signs and symbols and so forth, or uh, is it is this crypts or is this bloods? You know what I mean? If they're not trained in the signs, if they're not trained in understanding what a, a baphomet is, what a, a black mass indicator is, what a satanic justice symbol is, or why they would cut off the hands, and you'll never find those from one of the dead ritual victims, the hands of glory ritual. Um, so Jeffrey Dahmer, what they didn't tell anybody, he was a SRA. He was multiple. He had many personalities. Um, in inside that um, apartment, he had an altar, and a satanic altar built out of human thigh bones. So they kind of just discarded that. This is weird. This is crazy stuff. They didn't know how to investigate a multiple. So Jeffrey Dahmer has numerous personalities and all that demonic stuff. Which means one thing, Paul, somebody did this to him from the time he was a baby. There's a crew of people around him that that did what they did to him and brought him up that way. Then he kind of went off and went rogue. And and we've engaged others just like that, uh, that have killed ritualistically girls and others. And the only the bottom line for law enforcement, you know, if you got fingerprints and DNA, put them away. And that's what happens. But um, in criminalistics, there's a thing we... We call, you know, it's motivation. You know, what is what is the motivation for a crime? Well, gaining satanic powers. Why do they do blood rituals? It's not just for the sex. Even the sex rituals aren't just for the sex. It's for the acquiring of spirits, transmitting demonic spirits into the, the person that you're engaging. They, it all has a spiritual component. And those rituals and the ones uh, on the other side of the border there in Mexico, I don't know if you've heard me much when I've talked about and prayed out loud for Mexico. Here's why. I believe Mexico's drug issue is inseparably related to the saint of death. 
okay? Santa Muerte. I believe that the, because that's the scene of death, you know, that skeleton where mm -hmm. they have a bride's gown. The last statistics in Mexico was up to 15 million bowed down and worship. The drug lords, you know, of, of the, um, of the 300,000 that have died in the last 10, 12 years in Mexico, do you know how many of those were hearts were removed? They were ritualistically killed. Uh, so you have a combination of um, drug lords and the monies they want to make, um, bringing in the uh, priestesses and priests that will bring the powers and do rituals to have powers to protect them from law enforcement, do rituals to ask the, the demonic blessing upon their, their drug trade. So you've got direct blood rituals and pharmakia in, in combination pouring out of a country uh i have called for i have missionaries in mexico that have written me at times and places to tell me what's going on we had someone right in, in um, mexico city drive from mexico city all the way here to canton ohio when we held a uh, we did a conference here locally they drove all the way up here because they were led to the lord they wanted me to baptize them and we had a great time together and I, I was astounded that, that they would drive that far. Hmm. But we need thousands and thousands of Mexicans, thousands and thousands of believers on both sides of the border praying for mass revival. We need to pray. We got to understand how the saint of death is an ancient Mesoamerican demon goddess that requires blood ritual. And this goes back to the Aztecs. You know, you might have read and you might know about in Mexico, the many skulls they found and the number of the digs they're still doing and the ritual sites. So many of the many of the deaths of the many, many that have died in, in, in throughout Mexico. Talk about a, a need for, in a sense, justice. I mean, yeah, that's, it's 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 a real tough place. You know that. Yeah, I know all about it. I mean, my family's indigenous. Um out of Chihuahua area, so you know they—that's that's where we're from. But yeah, originally, um, so yeah, that's it's a lot of black magic stuff and yeah, brujeria is a big yeah, yeah. brujeria and like Santeria and all those yeah. crazy things going out there. It's, I mean, it's I mean you remember, I don't know. I think it was during Bill Clinton's administration, but when all those women that were going missing in Juarez, Mexico, that. I think it was about four or five hundred of them that were yeah. being kidnapped, and they would find him in the desert. You know, yeah. it was it was a crazy time at that time. Uh, I remember, yeah. or Matamoros? Remember Matamoros, where the college student was taken over? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I got to saw the inside law enforcement pictures. There were over twenty five other skeletons buried, people buried that were that were ritualistically killed in Matamoros in that same area. The girl that was the priestess that Constanzo used, mm. she was a SRA. Uh, satanic ritual abuse uh, a woman and um sandra i think lee aliti or something like that was the name and so there was a direct relationship between the drug stuff and the killings and like you're saying uh they they in, in the old testament it all goes together uh demon gods and goddesses blood rituals child sacrifice um and 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 in a lot of in a lot of human uh you know violent loss um, and we're seeing only the resurgence. Those ancient demon gods, no matter where out of the planet, 
they didn't die. They're just waiting. They're just trying to draw people to reopen the gateways. Right. They're they're drawing people to reopen the the ancient gateways to the old the old ones they call them the old power gods. Yeah, it's I mean that satanic ritual stuff. It's obviously generational. I mean, how does that do they like offer their, their children up as sacrifice to like a demon, and then they're just like, oh, you're going to be you know a part of their life, and then after that, their kids, and then their kids after that. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, that's really how it is. It's, um, I mean, if you think of the Old Testament, how, why there were kids used, Moloch specifically, in Baal's of course, where like Manasseh would give him his own son. Hmm. They were convinced by the dark powers that it was a good thing to sacrifice him in a torturous way. So it's been around. I mean, it's not something new, but it's re, the resurgence. The underground has been underground and secretive for a long time. And as much as we know about the underground, Nobody's scratched the surface of all. We're only seeing little bits and pieces. Right. Even with Epstein and Savile and all the rest of that, and, and, and all the victims that are coming out trying to tell everybody, MK Ultra and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but when it comes down to satanic ritual abuse, that's different than the Church of Satan, the Temple Satanists, the new, new group. Uh, they're the ones that know the ancient ritual. They're the ones that are in a generational bloodline. They believe goes all the way back to, to Babylon. They're the ones that feel that they are here to create a master race that'll be used multi-continental to create the chaos and uh, help bring in the new order and be kind of like the soldiers of the new world order. Um, and, and scripture speaks about the armies of Antichrist in Revelation 19.19. It's, you know, all those concepts are there. And it's this is simply the boots on the ground. But yeah, it's all generational. Like if I have a, um, if I meet a 45-year-old satanic richly abused girl. Here's what I already know. Before I know much more about and I engage personalities, we begin to get in deliverance or whatever. I can almost tell you immediately they have a mother that is multiple also. They might have a grandmother that's not only multiple, but, but came from Germany. And if nobody helped the 45-year-old, I can almost guarantee her children will be SRA also. And so I could have someone in their 70s, 40s, 25, and the 25-year-old might have an 11-year-old girl, and the, the whole generation, all of them are SRA. They all have split personality. They all have programming. They all have the ancient demon twilight languages. They all have a sense of knowing the agenda. Um, it's only when they want to begin to get out does that structure inside get broken and Praise God for many of them. They've fought long and hard enough. Um, praise God for them. And when they ask why, I, you know, let's take it right to the devil's um, doorstep. He did this. Uh, he did this. Sinners did this. They did this. God has come to rescue you. Jesus has come to rescue you now and get you out of this. Uh, and it's, it, it's one thing to meet, you know, being sexually abused, a kid and a girl, who, uh, it, that's bad enough. I have... I have women, 30s, 40s, 50s, that still cry, that still are, are damaged. Um, though I know Jesus will bring an ultimate healing and his presence and power, and they, we see so many victors now. But then you add in mind control and splitting personality and uh, being taught the ancient languages and being in multiple human sacrificial rituals. And you see, they, they all know the smell of human blood, the sound of human agony. They all know the arrival of demons and the felt presence of demons. Every SRA, every SRA knows this stuff. 
And when we begin to realize they're created to be quiet and silent for now, you're not supposed to be able to detect them. And they work, they're in everywhere. I was recruited by a corporal in law enforcement to come in and they wanted me to teach in the, law, the, the academy a little bit. That's what I was told anyway. We want you to be our police chaplain. We have to make you a police chaplain so you can teach in the academy on occult crime. The corporal was a high complex SRA multiple who in the police car would switch personalities. We'd have deliverance sessions right in the police car. Um, engaged it over and over and over again. So I don't care if it's military, law enforcement, government. Uh, they've sent them into churches to do things. And, and most of them are sleepers in a sense, just quiet and waiting. But uh, they're among us and it's all generational. And it's, um, <clears throat> they haven't stopped. They haven't stopped at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously it makes sense when you mention that they're in politics and in government, it seems kind of everything that's happening nowadays is probably related to most of that. But I mean, it's, it's how, how close do you think were we, I guess, to total collapse here in the U S I mean, if 2016 hadn't happened the way it happened, were were we kind of like on the edge? Are we still on the edge? Is it still going to come? I mean, this year, a lot of people say, you know, if 2020 doesn't go the way, the way of Trump, you know, things like that, that, yeah. you know, this country's pretty much in the, sh- in the shit hole. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I agree with you in this sense. The two political powers couldn't be different, okay? And I don't say either side. I mean, I don't even say the Republicans are perfect at all, but I know one thing. They, they speak about God back and forward. They're totally against, you know, abortion and that. They put more money into human trafficking, fighting human trafficking. Um, there's so much about them in places of power uh, that's, that gives freedom for us to continue to do the work. I think if, um, if the other side wins, which I would say now, see, I've been doing this in conferences. I hope it's, I mean, I just, I, this is what I, as a believer, I'm telling every single Christian who used to be a Democrat, leave them get out, reject them, do it publicly, walk away. You can't vote for abortion. You can't vote for anti-God. You can't vote for you know, globalism. You can't vote for bringing Islam in. You can't vote for you know, bringing in um, transvestites and transgenders to be predominant. Yeah. You can't do that and think God's going to bless. They're going to stand. The spirit of Antichrist is there. The spirit of Antichrist is there. And if they come to power, you're going to see, you know, when, when it comes down to the politics, people that get in places of power can either open the doors to God's blessing or they can do bad things and draw the judgment of God on an entire nation. Remember when Satan rose up against Israel and he enticed David to sin, he knew what to do to entice David to sin a particular thing. And when David did, Judgment struck Israel until David repented. Um, it's very important for us to understand that there's two spiritual f- sides fighting for keeping the political side open. R- whatever happens, we're to stay under the lordship of Jesus. We're to stay just as committed to evangelism and all that we're going to do. But I'm telling you that I do agree that we are at the tipping point. 
And the good news is this, back in the days of Manasseh, if you remember 2 Kings chapter 22, 23, um, Manasseh was evil in the sight of the Lord. He brought in all the demon gods. He brought in, he's the one that actually did the human sacrifice of his own son. In the context of that, God raises up Josiah. Josiah steps in. Josiah brings the word of God back. Josiah listens to a prophetess, Hulda, uh, and hears a word from the Lord. Josiah, in a sense, brings great revival time to Israel and brings Israel back to saying, God is our God, and a, a major repentance and surrender. And then Josiah takes teams, and he goes after all the high places to sh- just to tear them down, grind them into powder, uh, shut down the doorways of the Satans, shut, shut down the human sacrificial places, the child sacrifices. So what, what God did, he was going to bring severe judgment but when this came in, there was a bubble of time. God all of a sudden gave this massive bubble of time because Israel repented and turned back because Josiah went out and shut down all those places of abomination. God calls human sacrifice, child human sacrifice, child sexual abuse. He says is an abomination, Ezekiel 8. So I believe that other, there's one side of our political system here is is part of that whole scheme and they're going to bring it in. And because what's behind them is even deeper than the so-called deep state. That's the Luciferic side. So there's a a major battle right now. So I think, I believe if believers are going to repent, if believers are going to stand out and do all that they can do, if believers are going to point to the, to the political leaders and say, you must repent and you must do righteous, you must do this, or we're going to ask God to remove you. You know, the, the wicked queen of Scotland feared the prayers of John Knox, the reformer, more than an invading army. We, as believers, we've been so weakened, we don't even realize that the body of Christ could pray such powerful prayers that we say to the political powers, we speak truth, the power of God in truth to those in power. Either you live righteous, either you stay here to uh, honor God and you give freedom to Christians and you make this a good country or we're going to ask God to remove you and bring good, righteous people. By all means, I believe we need to pray against the, you know, the Democratic Party uh, because of what they're, what's in them. Mm-hmm. Abortion alone would bring the judgment of God if they don't stop this. Right. Uh, the perversity, uh, the spirit behind that. And so I'm, I'm going to be speaking. I got a small book coming out in October called Discard. And I'm giving a small little book, probably 35 pages. But I, I did this at Hickory, North Carolina. Dave Lankard and Steve Quells down there to the whole audience. I screamed it out. And when I screamed out to those people that every single, and I gave a reasons why, that every single Christian must renounce the Democratic Party, must tell them why, must pray for them to repent or pray for God to remove them. It was a standing people standing ovation i could not believe the hundreds and hundreds of people that were roaring and praising god and we need to we need congregations need to be led like that all over the whole of the united states so i believe revivals can break loose and bubbles of time can still be here but the dark side's still going to continue we, we got to realize that 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 uh and i don't care if the antichrist shows up tomorrow that doesn't negate anything about our calling, our presence, our power, and what we're to do. We're to be faithful to the end, no matter what. No matter what, we're to be faithful, and Jesus will be with us to the very last day that we breathe breath here on the side. And the kingdom is coming. That's the good news. 
but it's a battle and we're empowered to win that in many different ways now when jesus returns he ultimately wins it obviously but no we we must fight on every single level we must fight on every single level um and there's millions of believers that have been spectators for too long the millions and millions of spectators need to become powerful servants and soul winners and prayer warriors and those who will you know speak that truth to powers in the power of god and uh, that needs to be here yeah absolutely yeah i mean it's a lot of people lights have just flickered here no, no, I don't I know that. <laughs> we had to go out um we had some thunder and lightning before i came down here right so um yeah Seems no, fine know. now, but I don't think it cut out. Maybe some Democrat has. There goes the there you switch. Go. Messing with you again? No, yeah. We'll see. No, no. It's. I mean, I get I get crap about it all the time because I always say a lot of people in, in my family that will always be Democrat to the very end, and um, you know, like I tell them all the time, you can't be a Christian and a Democrat at the same time, um, unfortunately. And no. I, I get crap about it all the time, but I mean, it's yeah. just it's just the truth, you know. It's well, and I think just speaking to them. To say, well, you, you don't believe in slaughtering babies, do you? Killing babies, abortion. Right. The number one people behind abortion in the world are present-day Democrats. They want to bring more money to the table. They want to offer it all the way to the, to the moment a child's born. They celebrated the law in, 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 in New York. They celebrated that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, so I think in terms of, I know the procedures where they inject the baby with poison. When it dies, then they cut the arm, they cut the head off, and they bring it out, or the suction one. How can anybody do that to a little face that has eyelashes and ears? So I appeal to any Democrats that realize, you know what? And even Christians that are saying, well, I've been a Democrat all my life. Well, you're not, it's not the same Democrat. It's not the same party. I said, if you vote and you stand with Democrats, you vote and you stand for the greatest slaughter of children ever in history through abortion. Number one, you stand to promote transvestitism, transgenderism, perversion and now the pedophiles are begging for litigation and they want their civil rights Uh, and they're appealing to the democrats for that so if you vote for that side i vote by position i don't care if it's black man white man woman the that person if their positions are you know i'm not saying they're they're perfect you know i'm not saying trump's even perfect that we all know that But from my understanding, from 35 black pastors in Cleveland that met with him back in 2016, uh, I, I believe he's a real believer. I believe, I'm not saying he's the best believer, but a political, he's the best political person because he won't back down. He won't, he knows where he's going. When I see the positions against abortion, against human trafficking, against the New World Order stuff, he's against that. Right. Uh, I'm not saying he's a perfect man, but if God's going to use him and use an administration, and leave the doors open for us and help us come to abolish. I still think it's possible to abolish abortion in six, eight months if we, you know, if, if 10 million, 20 million believers stood up. But um, but we don't know how close we are to the release of the Antichrist. We don't know how close we are to all of that, which will change. I mean, what we're seeing is bad and we think is bad enough. But let's remember what I said in the beginning. What you're seeing now is a scratch in the surface of this massive fireball of um global chaos the collapse of everything and and the real antichrist showing up eventually and the end of history so are we five years away four years away nine years away ten years i I don't know i don't know i just know that our i know we're very very close i don't believe 
I believe I'll be here when Jesus returns. I, I believe, Paul, you'll be here. When, you know, and if they take me out ahead of time, I beat you there. I'll be okay. You know, <laughs> if, if, if they take me out ahead of time and absent from the body, I'm present with the Lord. Um, they didn't win anything. I did. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no lie in that, is it? You know, man. No, I mean, it's as we slowly wind down here. I mean, can you kind of, I don't know, I guess give a message out to the people who, who are scared in these times, you know, maybe to keep their head up, you know, maybe to turn to God, any kind of word, you know, before we close down here to, you know, just to help sure. comfort people out there. Sure. Uh, a couple of things. One, fear, fear is an enslaver. You know, fear brings a, a snare. The scripture even says that fear of man is a snare. You're, you're trapped, you're bound, you're, you know, and we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline or sound mind. And so when we think in terms of um, Jesus, again, making him predominant and being clothed with power of the spirit of God and living out the word of God, all I know is like Acts 9.22, we become more and more powerful. I believe any Christian, and I've been a pastor long enough, been a Christian long enough to see the weakest of Christians. Uh, I've got to see a lot of people that have been in the hellishness of um, of heroin and whatever, get saved, come out of that, become strong believers. Every believer can get stronger. If a believer can recognize, you know what, I've been raised up in churches that were pretty weak. They let me be nothing but a spectator. I want to learn the authority. I want to learn to be filled with the power of God. I want to learn to become stronger. I want to learn what the scripture says. I want to launch out and start doing ministry and become experienced in ministry. I want to see prayers answered because God designed it for that. He designed us to be powerhouses. When Jesus said, I will build my church, ecclesia, meaning the people of God, I will build the people of God, that whole, that whole body of people, and the gates of hell itself will not be able to prevail, meaning this church will become so aggressive, so powerful, so incredible in what it does by the by 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 his leadership that the strongest front of hell itself the gates of hell and what comes out of it can't stop us can't stop us at all so i think that we should uh, come back under the lordship of jesus out of the victories victory over the world victory over the flesh victory over the, the devil learning his presence learning his power and when we're experienced in god's power like those disciples were in the book of acts not one of them turned away. Not one of them turned back. They just, they can get beat up, get right back up and go into it again. They can be put in jail. God sends an angel, gets them out. They go right back into it again. Um, they get put in jail. God sends an earthquake, breaks it open for Paul and Silas. You know, they lead the jailer to Christ. Um, we got to use the book of Acts as a kind of end of days guide. Because that same Jesus that operated there 2,000 years ago, he is the same Jesus in presence, in power, in word, in action, in our lives, right here, right now, uh, than ever. He said, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. And so I, I'm saying we, we must renounce fear. We must yield and let God, uh, the spirit of power, be predominant. And in obedience to the word, every believer will get stronger. Every believer will become stronger and stronger. They, matter of fact, I believe this, Paul. I believe believers in obedience to Jesus and stepping out in obedience to Jesus become so powerful, like in Acts 5.42, nothing could stop. They never stopped. Literally, nothing stopped them. Jails, threat of death, all that. I mean, there'll be a few. There's believers in the world today in, in South Africa, South America, other places, you know, uh, North Korea that have been killed for their faith. 
That's true. We need to we need to understand that. There's, you know, when you have a knife at your forehead, uh, when you have someone ready to uh, jab a poison needle into your chest, you you know that the reality of that. And I had a child. I have a child. You know, that time in my life. But I but the spirit of God was there. The spirit of God guided, led. So no matter what else, you you trust Jesus. Everything he says he is in scripture, he can be in your life. He he will be that in your life and my life. And uh, we'll see some of the greatest things. And the last thing I'll say is this. In, in the book of Daniel, packed with all that prophecy, chapter 11, in reference to the end of days, the very end of days when it's the worst of the worst, it says this, but the people who know their God are strong and they will do great exploits. Very end of history, in the face of the Antichrist himself and the worst of the worst, there will be believers that not only know their God, but are very strong, and they're going to do great exploits for the Lord all the way to the end. That's how I want to live my life. I want to go out. Josiah, you know where he went out? He didn't die in a bed somewhere. He he was taken out eventually on the field of battle. He was out there battling against radical evil when he was when he finally when he finally was taken to heaven. So no matter what, that's that's the kingdom we ultimately serve. That's the kingdom that will ultimately clearly be unshakable and win. And um, think in terms of indestructible, think in terms of uh, being indefeatable in Jesus, think in terms of triumph in Christ, and that's that's where he'll lead us as we obey him. Amen. Yeah. Everybody out there that's listening, I mean, just reach out to him. He's waiting for you. Um, yeah, I mean, Mr. Dizzo, I really appreciate your time, sir. Um, it was a great show. As, as always, all the information you have is amazing as usual. But um, for everybody, once again, can you tell them where they can find your show, Ragged Edge Radio? Sure. If they go to shatterthedarkness.net, everything we have is on that main page and they can go all over and take your time it's like a big old messy library just shatter the darkness.net take your time and you'll find it all yeah i'm still trying to poke my way through all that information <laughs> get there someday yep. <laughs> but yeah mr desire i really appreciate your time sir it was great as Trust usual you, thank you paul thank you sir god bless you and uh, for everybody out there uh, listening you can find us again on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio. Make sure you guys email us again if you have any questions or any kind of topic recommendations, things like that, at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Um, follow us on all our social media, which I'll post down below as well. You guys already know where to find us. Um, we really appreciate you guys stopping in once again. Um, I hope everybody has a great weekend. If you guys are anywhere out here in texas you know it's hot as heck right now so stay cool uh, for everybody else that's not lucky you i wish i was there but i really appreciate you guys have a great weekend and we'll see you guys again in the next one adios